I breezed down the line of cars, so cool you'd never have known I was looking for a way to board the boat. I strolled along easy, blonde, the wig catching the light. Then I spotted it. A shiny navy four-by-four, seven-seater, and no kids. The owners, grey-haired coat flappers, had just got out, leaving the front doors wide open. They were metres away looking out to sea, talking to somebody further up the queue. They were moggets, one hundred percent. Moggets, the word Trim, Grace and I made up in Templeton House, and it stands for Miserable Old Git. I glanced in. Coats, magazines, newspapers. A child seat, but no child. Untidy. Perfect. I got in through the passenger door and squeezed into the back. It smelled of dog hair and plastic, all mixed up. I curled up on the floor and covered myself over with the coats. It was quiet, dark, and still. I couldn't hear the wind. I was off to Ireland under my own steam. I waited. My skin prickled. My nose twitched. Jeez. Agony. What the hell am I doing here? It was like I jolted awake in the middle of a dream to find I was in the same place and the dream was real. I nearly got up and dashed out, but the owners came back. I froze. They got in and the four-by-four four shook. That's when the wig slipped. I felt a topple off the side of my head and I couldn't do a thing. I scrunched up my eyes and clenched my teeth. The owners started talking. The car doors banged shut and the engine started. About time, Mr. Moggett grumbled. We've been hanging around all morning. Your decision to leave at the crack of dawn, not mine, Mrs. Moggett. It was my contingency time. You and your contingencies. What about the time the tire blew? What about the time the tire blew? You were glad we left early then. That was years ago, before the grandchildren, before the children. So? We're due another contingency any minute. Saints, preserve us. Stop gurning. Your man's waving us on. I didn't know what they were on about. Contingency. It sounded like a weirdo cocktail, the kind you'd get at the clone zone. They had odd accents, these moggets, not like the other Irish people I knew. Not like Mammy or Denny, the nightmare man. Certainly not like Maiko. But I was glad they were arguing, because they didn't turn round. Mr. Moggett revved the engine. We crept forward. We must have got to the ticket kiosk because I could hear the ferry officer checking their tickets. Would he spot the bulge on the floor at the back? I felt my luck tiptoeing away. Without the wig on, Solace was gone. I was plain old Holly Hogan again, the girl nobody wanted. But no, a miracle. The car banged over the ramp and there was a boomerang echo. Then voices, doors slamming, metal drumming, and somewhere, the ship's engine deep and hot turning. 
Even though I was under the coats, I could feel a strange heat rising and the pipes and the low-slung ceiling looming overhead, like somebody pinning me down the way they did when they locked me in at the secure unit. I held my breath. Don't forget the food, Mr. Moggett called. His voice felt close now we were inside the boat's belly. I've got it here at my feet. Great. Parmaham with cheese? Ach, shut it. Can't take a joke. Not after six hours cooped up in here. This journey's been as long as a wet week. Let's get out. Shall we take the coats? That's it. Cut. It's broiling. It's sunscreen we need. Mr. Moggett laughed. You're something else. Pass the bag over. I heard shuffling. The four-by-four shuddered as they got out. It's the bowels of hell down here, Mrs. Moggett said. Let's go straight up on deck. Now or never. They'll give the car a once-over and see me or they won't.